Well, I don't know why I came here tonight I got the feeling something ain't right I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair And I'm wondering how I get down the stairs Alice to the left of me Josh to the right, here I am Moving, noshing with you was, uh, <laughs> the most flat I've ever been in my life well, well, now that sounds like I was singing, but it was you singing. But the general. I was doing a Mancunian singing voice. I think that was pretty good, gents, for the fact that we haven't at all done any rehearsal. I'm going to cross out intro. <laughs> Damn. I think that was a pretty good intro. It's not bad, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week we are back for a Quentin Tarantino special. I'll do that again. A Quentin Tarantino special without the cough. Um, we thought we'd. Uh, give you guys some classic movies and talk about films that everybody loves so we've gone for Quentin Tarantino and we are joined yet again by the wonderful Alice she's the best she improves our ratings by quite a lot (laughs) she can make whatever she wants Um, and we're going to review the shit out of Quentin Tarantino's top 8 films well yeah not the shit out of them but the ones that we watched recently yeah, well, we've ordered them, and then we're going to talk about the top three mainly, but until then... Oh, are we talking about the top three mainly? Can we reorder them? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but until then, we will roll the theme tune. Um, shall I start off with a very brief movie news? Massively yes, brief. Have a All right. Movie news. Uh, theme tune. It's movie news. It's movie news. It's Josh's brief movie news. Do you know what we didn't do? Movie we didn't news? do the. Hello and welcome. To yeah. Episode Fifteen of. Yeah. Do we have to do this all over again? No, I'm just going to do it really quick. Uh, <coughs> welcome to Movie News from Mac and Josh, where each week we sink our teeth into a different movie feast. Anyway, movie news. Um, <laughs> Avengers: Infinity, Infinity War trailer came out. It's already the most viewed movie trailer. On YouTube, ever. Do you know what a second? Oh my god! The Pink other Pink. Marvel Avengers no. film, it the new it film. Really? It. I think oh. I read that was that was number one, and obviously it's just been overtaken. Yeah, it? yeah. Which is which is random. But do we? I mean, does that that doesn't actually say anything about that? Just really kind of highlights the fact that it's not really about the film. It's just about the fact that tech is growing and that more people are watching mm. YouTube because there know. have been bigger films, you know. Yeah, definitely. There are, but the build-up to this movie is about eight other movies. Can I just say, I have no idea about this film. I have no, no idea what's going to happen. Well, Nothing. it's set in <clears throat> Lagos, Nigeria. <coughs> yeah. And um, it's about this lawyer well, called yeah. uh, Kwame. Yeah. And he has... Does he a, have diamonds? It's just this constant war with himself. Uh, oh, really. deep, heavy. Um, whether he should or should not wear, Avenge. wear a cape. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, and in the end, I think he goes for it. Mm-hmm. Um, they should have called it Cape Wars. <laughs> but I think there's, there's anyway there's eight other movies that you've got to watch about whether he, or whether he should or shouldn't wear socks is the first one <laughs> and the second one sounds think, really great yeah really selling it to me <laughs> well I, I don't need to sell it it's got the highest ever viewed trailer how many views 270 million something like that yeah like it had, um, it had it got that in about two days as well yeah. is the trailer good I've watched it about five times so far. Yeah, just trying to, and I was I was fucking hyped when it came out. <laughs> I was completely hyped. And it just you look at it and then you look at Justice League and you went 
There's no bad. What the fuck were DC doing? How? Yeah, but it should be good. It should be good. I wasn't a huge fan of Avengers two. It was all right. Wait, there's already been two Avengers films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is and this film, Infinity Avengers War, film? is going to be split into two. Oh my god. Part one, two and part, part two. As far yeah. as I'm aware, yeah. Although they didn't they didn't say on the trailer it was Infinity War Part One, so unless they've changed the minds. But as far as I'm aware, it's two films. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to see fucking psyched because it brings together all the films. It's going to have the Avengers in there, so Captain America, Thor, Hulk, Iron Man, Scarlet Widow, Black Widow. What is Scarlet, 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 Scarlet Black Hattie. Widow? Because she has red hair. What that's is right. Black Widow? What even is that? Is she got She's a, a a no. former Soviet spy. Of course she is. Yeah. Is she, actually, Sasha is she actually a comic off. book thing? Like she what? Was she actually a comic book thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The character, <coughs> excuse me, in the Avengers. Um, Hawkeye. But, and, then what? and then you've got the Guardians of the Galaxy going to be in it. Ant-Man and the Wasp are going to be in it. The Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. Okay, that's the, the only superhero shit that I'll watch. All and same. it's quite sad that they're in Avengers now. Yeah. Did you watch the second sad. Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, I liked it. Auto wank is what I thought. Really? I, I was bored shit though. Were so. you? I mean, the thing is, again, a great soundtrack. So I was just like enjoying Doesn't make up the... For it. Doesn't I was really drunk when I watched it as that well. That helps. So, I wish yeah. I was because <laughs> then it made it a bit more bearable. Uh, yeah, but and I was, was day just... drunk, which makes things even more fun. <laughs> day yeah. drunk. Wait, so you were day drunk and you were watching a film? What the hell were you doing? Just at home on your own with your cat? Yeah, me and the cat. (laughs) Oh, little Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown and the cat. Um, No, and just, I was just, yeah, I was day drunk and I watched it and was really jamming out to the, don't even remember the film to be honest, I know I like the soundtrack though. I think we need to tell. It's got a great, um, what's that, you know, it's got the great, uh, the chain. Oh, the chain. chain, It's just fantastic. I do need to tell people that you do have your shit together. (laughs) It's not as if. Your your wits end and all these laughs that you do are nervous. It's uh, you know, you're fine. Yeah, that's what he thinks anyway. Yeah. Fair, we'll put it back in the box after this. Be <laughs> box, Pulp Fiction style. Help, <laughs> help me. Um, yeah, so I mean, I I could I could talk about it in, in depth, but I don't think I've got enough time to talk about it in this podcast. Basically, all you need to know is, um, it's all the superhero Marvel movies are all coming together in one giant nerdgasm to make the wet dream that every nerd has ever dreamt of since it's the first Iron Man film came out. A hell of a clean up at the IMAX. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would not want to have that job, definitely um, not. The, well, like I said, hopefully it'll go well. Hopefully it's a great film. I have my reservations, but there's just so many characters in one film. It, it makes it hard to make films like that, doesn't it? Like That's yeah. why I don't like Love Actually. No, this is a great movie. No, I watched I mean, it twice in one day. Once. At the time, it was a great movie, but now it's it's very dated and doesn't. Yeah. it's not as fun. Or... Hugh Grant's fucking Tory in it as well, so it just makes it worse. Yeah, <laughs> the whole is it, it, it just watching it now. It's kind of like every single rom com ever, and it's very formulaic and zero character development. Yeah, exactly. Well, a little bit of character development. It's a good Christmas movie, I think, because it, it, we have the nostalgia around it for Christmas. But and it was good at the time. I do think at the time it was good, but now look, it mm. hasn't aged well. You know. Unlike no Emma, fine wine of movies. Unlike Emma Thompson, who has aged like a fine yeah. cheese dunked in wine. Oh, yeah. She has, hasn't she? I would love it if at the very end of Love Actually is actually love. the the beginning of The Walking Dead, and Andrew Lincoln just wakes up. <laughs> <and> <laughs> what you don't see is on the other side Which... of the bed is all his cards that he had for Kira Knightley. <laughs> so, to me, you are perfect. He's in Walking Dead. He's the main guy I in Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Yeah, it's it's getting back again. It's getting good oh, really? again. Last oh, season was like a fantastic first episode and then severe disappointment oh, for the really? rest of it. That's but they brought it back now. Yeah. Anyway, I think we're vastly drifting off That's okay. off focus. Gone off piece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Oh yeah, it's, it's not like this is the first. 
Our first rodeo. Is it? <laughs> okay, so we're doing. Um, apparently, Quentin Tarantino has only directed eight movies, even though he's had special Bollocks. appearances in some things. Well, he's acted in stuff. He's written mm-hmm. stuff. He's mm-hmm. co-directed or yeah. produced stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. But he's put his name. That he well, he's obviously proud enough to to put his name to these eight films. These eight, yeah. Do you know much about Quentin Tarantino? He's a bit nuts, isn't he? He's a bit insane. Isn't he like a really big mummy's boy or something? I, I read well, somewhere. Well, so... Did he, you hear that? He, I don't know, I can't remember. He has some... I spent about two hours reading about him yesterday. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, and he is a bit... He's he's a bit fucking of a, loved it. main thing is he's a fucking movie nerd. Yeah. Yeah. I also yeah. listened to his podcast interview on The Nerdist and he, he's just like absolute fucking fan of movies. Um, so that's how you can see it sort of pay off in that. Was, but he was born somewhere like Texas or something like that and then they moved to LA just him and his mum his dad you. left when they were young um, dropped out of high school didn't like it at all ended up working like a, a, a video shop like that and just watched movies all the time went to some afternoon acting classes and that's where he started writing and someone said to him actually you're a really good writer and then after that he just started taking seriously and then wrote shit like Pulp Fiction and and um, Reservoir Dogs. Dogs really easily apparently oh really yeah he wrote Pulp Fiction in an apartment in Amsterdam after he'd done uh, Reservoir Dogs and Reservoir Dogs was like apparently is seen as the most successful independent movie ever really and changed cinema yeah. I mean he has changed cinema really hasn't he <clears throat> because he is just a whole style of his own a Tarantino yeah. film is just a genre of its own now, what it? would you say is Tarantino's style what's he known <clears throat> for uh he likes um, gruesome, doesn't he? Cool. Like ultra violence, yeah. yeah. Uh, long scenes. Dialogue. Dialogue. <coughs> dialogue. Yeah, yeah. philosophical of, dialogue. Lots as well. of characters shooting the shit. Yeah, mm. just just talking shit, using the N word a lot. Yeah, yeah. Saying fuck, motherfucker. Motherfucker. I think they say the word fuck in Reservoir Dogs 272 times. Wow. You sit there and count that. <laughs> you sit there and count that <laughs> I didn't thankfully I have the internet um, to tell me all some other shit. nerds done that for you <laughs> yeah exactly imagine being the person to count that uh, if you get paid for it fantastic yeah um, yeah so that's that's his kind of style that he's known for but did you also know that his dad is an actor called Tony Tarantino which great is the name. most sort of Italian mob boss name I've ever yeah. heard in my life isn't that great but also he's never met him oh yeah he's never met his dad Ooh, maybe. Ooh, is dad still alive? Maybe we should. His dad always comments on stuff like he had, the, he had this whole thing where he, he called, he said something really bad about the police and said like was talking about the um, institutional racism and mm. called them all killers on there. Just I can't remember what it was. And his dad came to the press and said he was really upset with what Quentin his son had done and he donated some money to uh, police ball or some bollocks like that. What? He basically just riding off the fame of his son because really he's not a very famous actor. So no, I mean we've never heard of Tony Tarantino. Tony Tarantino. Uh, not that I know. And I was trying to look Shrek. up for him. He was, he he was, was the donkey in Shrek. No, no that's Eddie Murphy. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> what? Why was he the donkey in Shrek? Where well, was, was the joke? there come on. Because the joke was that like, he's clearly not the donkey in Shrek. Fuck it, That was lost on me and Josh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We were like, oh, this is. That was Eddie Murphy. That's my kind of idiot. stroke. Mike Wakeham, known for his quirky sense of humour. <laughs> <laughs> ultra violence. Yeah. Soon to be ultra violence. Um, so, yeah, so he, did, he wrote um, Reservoir Dogs, and I believe it was the Weinstein Company, unfortunately, who backed him, and they, mm. backed, they produced every single one of his films so far. Yeah, but he's left, hasn't he? He has, but yeah. apparently he did kind of have an idea about Harvey Weinstein's <sighs> shenanigans or what he was known for, and he does say like he regrets. Not saying anything. Not yeah, not. Have you um, have you seen the picture of Uma Thurman at the premiere for Kill Bill? 
when yeah. she's she's greeting uh, Harvey Weinstein. Did and she you, grimace? Yeah, you can see like it looks like they're holding hands. If you look at the picture quickly, it looks like she's holding hands. But actually, it's him like holding her wrists actually quite tightly, mm. and the look on her face as well. And she's uh. she's come out and said some things like, "Oh I'm yeah, glad it's happened to you, you fucking." Oh yeah, you, yeah. Like, I'm glad it's. I'm glad you don't get a bullet because that'd be too quick for you. Yeah. That kind yeah. of stuff. I'm like, oh shit. Disgusting, really. Mm. And the fact that Tarantino knew. <coughs> I mean, but then lots of people knew. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not excusing that because it is is so often you should say something. But I guess often. People are scared to speak up, aren't they? Well, we can't, we can't. But I hope, hopefully like. this will... Him saying that will encourage yeah. more people in another way to yeah. speak up if they if they can. That's a good point. Now um, saying, in retrospect, I wish I had said something. At mm. least that's a, that's one small good thing that he can do out of this. Yeah. But I mean, it's still Too little, awful. too late, really. It really but. is, yeah. And it is still awful, but... Yeah. <clears throat> uh, well, anyway, let's, let's go back to the films. And we... Yeah, so that's his basic general style came out of nowhere it didn't really go to any sort of movie sales people say to him you know did you go to to film school he goes no I went to films that kind of thing he just mm. he's, he's a fucking huge film nerd mm. um, I feel like and this is just a guess he feels like maybe he's a little bit autistic I don't know I get that yeah, kind of feeling around it like yeah. that obsession kind of like awkwardness and I don't know what it is but he just has such a skill for, for dialogue in movies it's, so it's, it's that, fucking nuts and you can it. It reminds me of stuff like Inglourious Pastors, which we'll talk about in a bit, but some of those long dialogue scenes are crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many actors can do that. I fail to memorise four lines. And so tense. And some of the, and some of the words, and well, the, the, the dialogue, just so beautiful as well in, in some of his films. He's been really poetic with it as well. Yeah. I think we get, we've got to give him that, definitely. Mm. He finds that easy as well. I know. Although, saying that, so for, um, I think it was Pulp Fiction, he, he, he jotted it all down in these school books and stuff and then um, gave it to someone to type up but she was like the handwriting was so terrible it was like practically illegible so they had to really go through it and, and retype it and that really? kind of stuff yeah yeah so he's just fucking nuts but he was a high school dropout so. <coughs> yeah <coughs> but now look at him he's fucking rich. I know don't go to school kids that's what that says yeah exactly that's the fucking point eh? drop out of school and work for blockbusters yeah. um, so we tried to to rank his top eight films mm. Um, coming in last number eight is Death Proof Alice do you want to tell us a bit about Death Proof do you want a, do you want a synopsis because uh, there is yeah, no, nothing us, happens I've never so. seen it so yeah. tell us what you can um, about it it's gory and nothing really happens mm. and in it Tarantino you know we were talking about t- dialogue is basically Tarantino talking through women um, through like six characters no what happens is the um, there's uh, this these three women who are who just like hang out together, mm-hmm. go to a bar together, and in in Texas I think, and um, they meet this guy called Stuntman Mike. And I, ooh, how much can I spoil? Uh, uh, don't be careful what happens. Yeah, I well, guess we won't spoil any of these films just in case people want no. to see them for themselves. I'll sort of stop. <laughs> to be honest, there's no point in me even telling you what the plot is because there is no plot. It's mm-hmm. just it's just a bollocks plot. Plotless. It is plotless. Um, but in it, um. And yeah, it is. It is really sad actually because of because to me it felt like when which in the order. Do you know what year Death Proof is in? That's the only thing I forgot to write down. Two thousand six, two thousand seven. What what films were before it and what films were after it then? Kill Bill, one and two just came just before it. 
Okay. It feels right. Right, exactly. Okay, so he had really, really big success with Kill Bill, and I think I would say <coughs> that Kill Bill was the thing that made that really accelerated him into fame, don't you think? I think No, he's well famous before that. Do you he not? was he was super famous from Reservoir Dogs, which is his first film. Well, actually perhaps also it's because I was at the age where I started to realise what he was like. But yeah. anyway, it's it feels like to me that Death Proof is him just going, What are the things that people like about my movies? <clears throat> oh, they like the gore, they like the sex, and they like the although there is actually no sex in the films there's just lots of sexy girls yeah. and like a very sexy lap dance does someone have a gun for a leg in this film no or am I thinking of Grindhouse that's Grindhouse yeah. okay, no one mind. has a gun for a leg that's quite yeah. Um, yeah and he's basically just like mashed it all together and been like people will watch it because it's a Tarantino movie it's mm. how I feel I don't think there was I think it was thoughtless I think it was lazy and I think and, uh, and I found the female characters in it quite dislikable because dislike is that the word dislikable unlikable yeah. but I like that I just made up that word dislikable quite unlikable <laughs> because um, as we discussed they just talk about men they don't there's no there's not the great philosophical dialogue that he has in so many of yeah. his other films it is just them he said he puts himself in the film as well doesn't he he does he does in lots of his films but you know what and that was and what he does is he's a he's a barman and he is like he buys all the girls shots and then he goes and he sits on the table and he grabs one of the waitresses by the arse and, and puts it down but actually that wasn't highlighted as a moment of him being such a grabs mystic. her arse and he puts her down sits her sits her on his what knee what you mean like he grabs her and like <laughs> sit down her. He <laughs> no no like he just puts her on her knee but that wasn't highlighted as him being a misogynistic character that mm. was just basically Tarantino being really like being daddy being daddy right and these women really, yeah and these women really liking him and and it really did just feel like a Tarantino fantasy like these he girls just wanted just, to be in there yeah. yeah and like even though he's in it for such a small bit it feels like the rest of the movie is just a Tarantino wank fest mm. he just it's his idea of fantasy these women sitting around talking a bit like he does but mm. about men and they're all really fucking beautiful which is you know I mean that's that's the only the main point for the film is that they're all really gorgeous people to stare at the whole time I think uh, I think we, we've made the point in this film okay, it's yeah, it's, it's if, what would you give it out of 10 oh uh, <sighs> Because I went with what minus what with a thing. I <laughs> Justice League was minus yeah. I mean, one. it wasn't that, but I, mean, I probably probably two. Okay. And I just find you know at times I find it quite offensive and really weak characters as yeah. well. So it, like by far is the worst work. By far. Okay. I think by far. I think lazy work. You've totally missed the point of the film. Which is. I think it's a, it knows what it is. It's not much to be movies. No. It's not. It's supposed not. to be a a serious film. It's called Death Proof. Yeah. <laughs> and the, la- the main character... But he, I just think he, he was lazy with it. He could have done it so much better. I think it really was just like, let's just shove like, all this shit into a film, like gore and like this, uh, this, this stylised and the chopping up of scenes that often actually added fucking nothing to the film. And he put two films together. That's kind of the point of the film. Like, it's kind of like two movies stuck together. It's quite weird. Mm. And it just, it just doesn't work and it's really lazy and I really it just felt like Tarantino's you know fantasy what he wants to wank just in a sock and made it into a film really really that's yeah. what it feels like and I'm yeah I didn't like it because of that and I know people go oh you don't get it you don't get the point but I'm like well the point of the film what theoretically is there is no point you weren't there man yeah you were there man <laughs> what would you've seen it then uh, I saw it ages ago yeah. and what would you give it I'd give it a two yeah see let's not waste any more time I on the wank fest that was different. one more thing though All is right. that the the only good thing is that in it is the lap dance by Vanessa Felito? Oh, Vanessa Felito. Is, is it Felito? Felicio. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and even, I mean, to be honest, it's still like a really shit part of the film, but she just, it's just fucking, she looks fucking sexy doing it. And it's yeah. too. Is it a code. bit like, um, 
what's her name in Sin City 2 Jessica, Jessica Alba you seen that she one? Do Sin City 1 as well yeah she does pole dance fucking kills oh, it nice um, no I've not seen it so I don't know but it, it, she just looks really sexy and she's quite a um, she's quite a womanly woman and like she wears like flat shoes I don't know just the <laughs> she wears flat as, oh, a, flat as shoes. opposed to like a lap dance where she's like in high heels I don't know it just feels like quite a mm. and it's slightly raw thing but still it's a fucking shit film and it's not worth it but I mean just actually if you can just watch the YouTube clip of her doing the lap dance yeah, and it. it's to a great sound it's a great music as well it's um down in New Mexico where the coast is just like that's cool just watch that then the rest of the film just sack it off done, yeah. sure. done. sorry <laughs> bit of a rant there I know but I, love, I love to hate a film you know me um, <laughs> speaking of hate <laughs> at number 7 we've got The Hateful Eight which I was surprised at I thought it would be much higher on this list um, I don't know <coughs> I watched it the day before yesterday mm. and it, what for the first time no, no 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 I went to the cinema I went to the Odeon in Leicester Square and watched it on a 75mm oh did you what was that like because all I hear about it is that like the actors when they were being filmed in a special 75mm format is that a lot of the time they didn't realise they were still in shot because it's so super wide screen that they forget they're in there and they're like shit I've got to be acting constantly because Somebody just even though I think I'm not on the camera I actually am I to be there like playing with a fucking smartphone or something like that no I didn't notice any of that um, but why is this film so low down the list I think because this is his latest film which is what 2015 mm-hmm. I think this came out uh, that sounds about right uh, yes it is I've been <laughs> down but, and uh, I don't know this film feels like in another way and I know that you've just had a, a bit of a rant saying that Quentin Tarantino's you know jizz fest basically mm. but this does feel even more like that the scenes are really really long there's yeah. not nothing really happens for the first hour and a bit there's yeah. a lot of talking a lot of talking and not in the cool way like Reservoir Dogs opens up with this scene and you've got the, the whole gang talking and the, the conversation they're having is quick and snappy and they've got witty retorts and the conversation is cool mm. and it's it's they are shooting the shit mm. and they're talking about um, what we're talking about Madonna yeah, yeah. like a virgin like a yeah. virgin um, that's the only part of the film I've seen is the first minute and then this film has a lot of conversation and, and it do, does drive the first hour and a bit of the movie lots of talking lots of and you're watching it and the shots are long and, and it's backed by Ennio Morricone's music and you think oh this is great and you can tell that it's made by somebody who loves cinema mm. Mm. but it's quite beautiful isn't it yeah. but at the same time yeah. it's, it's it's fucking long I think man. it's a purist's film long, really long yeah it was what three hours in the end it's three hours seven and my ass fell asleep and yeah. people watching that film someone said to me oh it's just a bit of fun and I thought well just a bit of fun isn't three hours long no you know like it's boring that's not <laughs> um, it's five minutes on the internet but if, um, it's definitely not three hours long it's not that kind of wrong first <laughs> it's got a six minute musical overture in the middle of it wow. when I went to go see that's it that's quite wanking and it was I remember sitting there and I don't think he does fucking love himself doesn't he and just so and you just got a, yeah so it's just six minutes of music and you're sitting in the cinema watching it and thinking why because it's not a long enough film to have an overture no. Uh, to, sorry to have um, an intermission. It's, it's a, um, I, I, we've not done a synopsis for it, but basically, I think it's about um, well, yeah. so, so, uh, some people are all end up in a cabin in the middle of nowhere when mm. it's so bad, it's like the snow outside's horrific, and um, there's eight of them, funnily enough, yeah. and they're all quite hateful, and it's kind of a, <laughs> it's a bit like Cluedo, isn't it? Yeah, it's, point, it's almost you know? like a almost like we've done it, but at yeah, the same yeah, time, it's, it's like it's not just one person. There's loads of people yeah. colluding, and it reveals the story. Out of sequence, which is another thing that Tarantino has, yeah. yeah. like completely non-linear plots, which is a great device for him to use. And Although, funny enough, doesn't do that in Death Proof. No, it's another reason why it's so wank, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And and so yeah, I, I liked the story, but you could have quite easily cut an hour out of that film. Oh yeah, easily. Great. Um, um, you can I, see his inspirations for this film were The Thing, <laughs> which I think is one of his favourite movies. Was the, the, oh, thing. the Thing? The yeah, thing, I can yeah. see that because it's sort of like. Uh, and he's also got Kurt Russell in it. True. Um, and he said Poirot was one of his inspirations as well. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that just um, kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's um, my the only thing I can really remember very well are two things. One is that Channing Tatum's in it and he's barely in it and very uh, underused, so it was pointless in him being in it. But still sexy as fuck. Yeah. Even with a missing tooth. <laughs> yep. It is uh, actually Channing Tatum in this one at least. Yes. Not. Yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> like you got the wrong last time. But also, the other thing I remember is. Um, Finding it hilarious when Samuel L. Jackson was laughing his head off, school fucking that guy. Oh my god! Like, I thought that was actually thought that was brilliant. To yeah, be fair. it's that it's broke a, weird a lot moment. of fucking boundaries. And a lot of people were like, "Yeah, what's going on?" But he's just going. <laughs> I, I, I actually think that's probably the. I think this was dark, but I think that's one of the best things about that film because it really does break a lot of boundaries. You know, it's Tarantino again. Like doing, going even further and even more. Male rape. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Interracial fantastic. sex. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm so pleased we can watch some male rape for once. Yeah. I don't know. I, I actually, I did, you know, but it's Samuel L. Like, where have you ever seen Samuel L. as a camp character or a gay character? He's not gay. No, I know. I know. Putting his penis in a man before. Only <laughs> yeah. well, in my dreams. <laughs> oh, okay, guys, I would just leave. Um, no, but I, I know, but I mean, it's just breaking another, another, another boundary. And, he, and actually, that's something funny enough my colleague said to me and, and I really believe is that she said that one of the things that Tarantino does so well is bring together groups of people that are just all so different and mm. from you know different backgrounds different nationalities sometimes you know uh, different ages different mm. looks like just very different people and he puts them in his movies and that's that's a very good point. I, I thought that was a fantastic point and actually and he does it successfully mm. you know they, they have the, those those differences are they're highlighted but they're not in the way you know of the, of yeah, the plot or whatever yeah that's a very good point yeah um, in, in this um, <laughs> uh, what's his name Tim Roth is in this and a lot of this film I actually loved him. Yeah, oh, God, a lot of this film reminded me of small fella oh yeah English guy yeah English guy Oswaldo Mowbray yeah so a lot of this film reminded me of Reservoir Dogs a lot of the chatting and the conversation mm. which made Reservoir Dogs so um, lovable um and didn't quite work quite as well in this. Um, no, I, I was bored. And uh, Tim Roth's character is apparently, uh, because all of his films are supposedly in the same universe. All right. Uh, Tim Roth's character in this, Tim Roth's Waldo. Universe. What? Tarantino's universe. Tarantino's. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Isn't that just our universe? No, it's the Tarantino movie universe. These aren't factual Real films. No, I know, yeah. but. Okay, sorry. Um. He's related to Fassbender's character in Inglorious Bastards. Apparently, it's his great great granddad. Really? Yeah, where's that? Who writes these these relationships? Does yeah. Tarantino write them? It's like Vincent yeah. Victor though, as well. Does he isn't have it? like a book on Well, I can try to find the sources. For I think it. if we could, that would be. I would like that. I want to see the family tree of Tarantino. Like, who is um, Beatrix? <coughs> what's her face? Oh, yeah, Beatrix. Wait, that's a. We shouldn't say that, actually. Okay. okay, because that's a, that's a spoiler. Anyway, so I'm going to grip my arms. So, like so uh, Harvey Weinstein next to me. What would you give it out of ten? Uh, there's an interesting guitar story about it first. Guitar story. Yeah, there's there's a guitar scene where um, uh, the prisoner plays a guitar for a long, long time. And of course, he plays. He, he watches it the whole time. He has the scene. It's all one shot. Mm. Anyway, um, the guitar was lent to them by a museum, and the guitar was from 1870. Oh, wow! And at the end of the song, Kurt Russell grabs it and smashes <gasps> it against the wall. And they were supposed to change the guitar out. 
but they didn't they forgot no and the reaction of um, oh I forgot her name uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is real and it's really out of character if you watch it knowing that she's reacted to that she's like whoa 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 because he's just smashed a priceless guitar oh my god and uh, that, that apparently that museum um, won't lend guitars out anymore <laughs> well yeah completely that's an amazing story, yeah, actually. It's yeah. That's really fab. Um, so I'd give this film a six out of ten. Six? Yeah. yeah. No, I'd like oh. to see this film. I'd like to see this film made into a stage play. And oh, it could easily be a stage hey, play. That, you it's know even what? got Quentin Tarantino um, narrating over it, and and, there's a, and it's set in acts. And uh, yeah, it's a weird... I think they could. I think it would make it better. I think a lot of his films they could do that with, especially the Reservoir Dogs. Oh yeah, set in one big room. And there's but, another similarity between this and, mm-hmm. and the Reservoir Dogs. I would give it. <sighs> Out of ten, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh god, I'm terrible. Maybe maybe three? Three? Yeah. Hateful three out of ten. I know, yeah, maybe three. Okay. I'm not very I'd give it more than that. I'd give it a good old six out of ten quite easily, just I because thought... I think the, the ambitiousness of it and still the dialogue is great. It doesn't quite lend, the story's not quite as interesting as his other movies, but I think it's still like a valiant fucking effort. So. I, I think you're right, I think I've gone too harsh with three. I'm gonna go four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brutal. I think, yeah, I think you're right. It is, and it's a purist film, isn't it? The, mm. the, the whole thing about being shot in 75mm, and he wouldn't let his sound crew use any digital editing at all. Everything oh, had to be. Amazing. And that is, that is to the point of like fetish, like. Yeah, yeah. He, his obsession does does make these like beautiful. Is that and, movie nerd? Yeah, yeah, no, that and that is very cool, and you have to respect that about him. He runs, um, he runs a cinema in LA, and they just like shows out films, but he still does like the the scheduling for it and chooses the movies and that kind of stuff, and he'll do oh. it even when he's he's doing another film. He's like really adamantly chooses the films and makes it like that. That's very cool. Yeah, that's quite cool. It's just a big old. I bet it's he, well he just loves it. You can. It's. He just has such passion for it, doesn't he? He's a filmophile. A cinemaphile. <laughs> that works. I'm yeah. Sure, that's probably a word before I've invented Does it. Does he? Is he got? Is he with anyone? Is he in a relationship? <coughs> He's engaged now. Why? They're going to hook him up. Well, you know, Alice Tarantino. Yeah, that's nice. No, I mean, I'm curious to see. Yeah. I, I think he, he he's engaged now, but most of his adult life he's been fairly single. Who did he used to date? Has he got um, Sprogs? No, no little baby Tarantino. No, no, not that enough. Uh, Martin Scorsese's daughter. I can't remember. Someone like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm not going to guess because I do this all the time. This podcast and just chat absolute shit. Nobody <laughs> right. knows what's real and what's not. Um, okay, <laughs> moving on from Hateful Eight, number six, Kill Bill, Volume One and Two together. This film is... <coughs> you don't like these at all? No. Oh, you know... You're you know, allowed to not like them, by the way. Um, it's just because of the shock in our face. Yeah. that You have to change your... Uh, no, I mean, I'm quite comfortable with hating films, I think. Obviously. But um, for me, I felt like it's very... It's. I, you know what? You can watch them and definitely they're fun to watch. Mm. And I, I did enjoy them when I was a bit younger, but watching them now, a bit older, I'm just like, ugh, boring. Mm. Like, a lot of gore. A lot of pointless gore. And, like, there's... I just don't love them anymore. Just don't have that same. Don't have an excitement about them when I'm watching them. That I. That's it, really. <laughs> well, I've just killed that. <laughs> this, the, these films for me, because I think these came out what 2002 and 2004, something like that. Yeah. Like that yeah. And so I was about 15, just getting into the whole really liking to watch movies and, and being able to go and watch films that I wanted to go and watch. Mm. And I remember being totally sucked in because this was the first one that I could probably go and watch yeah. of Tarantino and, yeah. and think and I don't think I could watch it at that age I think I was too young I just thought it was cool as fuck it's really stylized. well that's the thing is, isn't it it is just a very cool film although so it's almost it's like 
it's very much like not Karate Kid, but just it's it's a it's a kung fu film, really. Mm. Yeah. With a little bit of a western thrown in, I don't know. It's yeah. about an assassin, and she gets slighted on the day of her wedding by a former boss. Fab female character, to be fair. Yeah, yeah that is nice, and Tarantino <coughs> does put often put women at the forefront in his films. What's the, the right character's way. name, though? Well, we're not allowed to say. It, I thought because we don't want. No, to. No, you can. Spoiler. No, 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 no. Actual name. What she's referred to throughout most of the films, the bride, isn't it? Oh yeah. The bride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He always. Like, he has such a. Like... All the all the characters he has normally have roles. Yeah. Like in the Hateful Eight, you'll have the Hangman and that yeah. kind of stuff. So yeah. they're all sort of defined by their their job in a way. Yeah. I think or, the, like one particular thing. They do you know what, there's, <coughs> there's scenes in those films that I really remember and that mm. I remember watching for the first time being like, oh my god, like the bit where she punches the The one inch punch. The one inch punch which is fat. Oh know? yeah, there's tons of cool stuff like yeah. that that's really memorable. But the bits the things I didn't like were like, you know, with the with Lucy Lou's gang, what's her gang called? The eight crazy eighty eight or the Fame six fix and five something like that. No, no the eighty eight. There's like No, you're thinking of the, the the oh, Force Fox Five. Yeah. Yeah. No, what's it called? You know, the cra- is it the Crazy ACA? Let's go for that. Yeah. I don't know, but you know, it, that bit where she's just killing so many people, and it gets so unrealistic. Mm. And obviously, that's okay. And he gets creative license, and that's kind of Tarantino to be so it's... unrealistic. But you know, when you're like, yeah, but I'm losing it with this film. I'm losing that love for this character, and that being really brought into this world by her slaughtering eighty-eight people. Yeah, but that's cool. Also, oh, all right, well, yeah, you guys, yeah, yeah you're definitely I, on that. To be completely honest, I just didn't really get Kill Bill. It wasn't. I, I was like, I get it, but I don't get it. I remember being so excited about that scene. That was there was all these whisperings about. There's a scene that's so gory. They had to make it black and white. That's what? the eighty-eight scene. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. And there's a scene. Oh. That scene where she's going to, she goes into the dojo. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then halfway through the scene, it turns black and white. Oh, does it? And that is so Tarantino to do that and to. Mm. To just be like, fuck it, let's just make this bit black and white, why not? Yeah, yeah, but then you need to have a point at times. I mean, he would have had a point as to why he's done it, but I've, mm. Because it was so gory, you yeah. couldn't show that but much red. This is quite a, like, this is quite a tar- you're quite a Tarantino's audience, aren't you? You're like, it was just so cool, it's so cool, guys. Yeah, but I know, I know, when, it's, I know when it's not, I and mean, when it doesn't yeah. land, but Kill Bill is pretty iconic. If I, if I showed iconic. you a poster and it didn't yeah. have any information on it at all, and it just had a yellow background and a black line going through it. What would be the first thing yeah. you think about? No, you're right. It Bumblebees be, yeah. or Kill Bill. <laughs> you're right. It would be Kill Bill, <coughs> but it it it's not. I mean, I, I look. They're great. They're they're better than so many other films, but they're not my favourite Tarantino. And and again, I, at times I found it a little bit tedious. All the gore, but I do like. I really like her as a character. I like that he chose Uma Thurman and I like how her, her character in general and the strength in her weakness once again you know the, the scenes where she was distraught or recovering they were real you know like mm. she yeah. wasn't constantly strong emotionally mm. like like the bit where she breaks down when she sees Bill like, I mean, it's called Kill Bill. It's not going to be a spoiler okay, that at some well, point she's going to see Bill. Not just Bill, but when <laughs> not she Bill, but... not just Bill, but when she sees the other person involved in that bit, um, you know, where ben. She, ben yeah, comes in, where she breaks <laughs> down. I don't remember. The... Ah, you know? and the bit where she's cut, you know, and it, it, that is a very, it's a that's that's the making of these films actually that bit because you are just you Fucking suddenly, nuts, isn't it? yeah, and you and you and she's 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 she has this she lets herself be emotional mm. as a character which is great even though she's going off and killing lots of people there's still strength in her the fact that she's letting herself be emotional with it you know yeah that's cool it, it, it's, it's cool is the word for this film yeah but 
I just think it loses a lot. Like the the, the people that she has to go kill these these fellow assassins, mm. part of Bill's crew. Yeah, I, I felt like they almost needed more more introduction or mythology behind them to really mm. sort of give a shit about who's yeah, kill or really right. sort of fear them in some way I don't know definitely <coughs> um, the one that says I should have been Black Mamba who's she it's all named after sm- snakes aren't they yeah, so, yeah. who's she uh, I don't know um, uh, she's the black woman Vernita has... Green yeah to... Visha A. Fox she she had actress. nothing really did she yeah, no she's the um, yeah no yeah. Intro- nothing really exciting that cool about scene her. I think that's the first fight scene she has actually it is mm. yeah um, right. with the cereal packet yeah the cereal. Mm. Uh, but uh, did I read somewhere I mean I mean this could just be some rubbish but that to her there was going to be a third Kill Bill and that was... her daughter was going to come back and fight Ooh. yeah I mean that could have just been some rubbish myth thing that I read though so don't don't well, that's count change on that name is like a, a porno sequel called Kill Fit <laughs> And Phil. Phil's the plumber. Drill Phil. Drill Phil. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Phil's drill. No, it doesn't work. Oh um, yeah. So at ten for Kill Bill. What volume one and two together? Seven. Five. <coughs> Six. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> On the fence. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it, but it's still super memorable and like iconic and stylish. So yeah. Obviously, there's something smart about it. And fun to watch. Yeah. Um, moving on to number five. Inglorious Bastards. See, I like this film quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it's nuts. It's, again, it's another one where you're sort of dealing with history, but in a very un- yeah, unfictional way. Great, yeah, unfictional. Oh, no, unfictional. Sorry, fictional way. And some fab characters in it as well. <coughs> fab. I, yeah, I really like the um, the French uh, cinema owner. Her whole Shoshana, au revoir, Shoshana. Like I love that whole that I mean, that beginning that beginning scene. I think is the best or one of the best Tarantino scenes. Wait, but it's, yeah, it's, with um, with the milk, the milk scene. Oh yeah, oh, fuck come, me. come on, yeah, yeah. I think that scene. and that whole that is so tense. Christopher Waltz, yes. or Christopher yeah. Waltz, and just Christoph. I think that is one of the best t- um, Tarantino scenes ever. Yeah, ever. I and think you might be right. Actually. And I remember when I watched that film for the first time, I was sitting there thinking, shit, this is fucking tense and and great yeah. really great dialogue he's that's, such a great character though isn't he yeah he's yeah, done really well um, and that's probably the best example of recently best example of of conversation that yeah. uh, in a script that yeah. Tarantino has done really I remember watching that in the cinema thinking oh wow yeah wow yeah, wow <laughs> you just wow it's such a long piece of dialogue and it's all in German as well isn't it Didn't... no uh, he switches to English switches to English yeah. Yeah. because um, he's French he's German <coughs> but can you speak English but which you know it's a oh, right. plot device but the, um, um, but and also because then when he's pointing out the yeah. people mm. um, he, they don't they don't know so they don't panic mm. what he's saying I, I that that seems absolutely fantastic in fact he, he's just such a great character what's his name the, the, the German guy uh, do you mean the name of the actor or the, the character he plays Hans Lander and it's played by Christoph Waltz Christoph Waltz he is he's so fat like where did he come from and Tony and this is the first film him. I saw him in yeah, yeah, and, yeah same, yeah. And, and, and he does it so well with that bit of milk but then also the bit where he's eating the um the strudel and talking and yeah. you know he's he's a really he's really great clever villain. yeah great villain but I mean he also plays a good guy in um uh, Django and he does that well as well. Yeah, he really does. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Shrek again. I was like, he's not in Shrek. <laughs> it's the donkey. It's the donkey. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I, yeah, I love him. I, <coughs> I really love that opening scene. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very good. That's part of like cinema history, really, isn't it? Because mm. there's just fucking nuts. But yeah, there's nuts. so many long dialogue pieces in there. So there's the bit where they go, this uh, the Allied spies go down into the the, the cellar where the the German again, the bar tension. is, and 
they all speak English and they're all pretending they're, they're German and then it all goes wrong because of a way that he signals for three beers mm. with his fingers mm. and it's super fucking tense and it's such a slow build but I wasn't bored <coughs> no you're not no, at all no. it's a shame but it almost feels like a waste of characters <coughs> as well do you know what I mean like they have their moment but then it's gone and it's like I want to see more of these yeah. people yeah absolutely yeah. right you're gutted when, when um, what happens to them happens I suppose I, I, I really love that scene like, I really like this film actually. the more I've been thinking about it it, it should it, be hard after this yeah for me <laughs> for me it is but it, it it is like it's, it's it's his dialogue at its best. That tense dialogue that he does, yeah. um, at, it's at its best, I think, in this film. Or maybe, yeah. or it's at, it's a very good anyway. Mm. And somebody he, gets um, shot in the balls in this, and that happens in uh, Hateful Eight as well. I mean, the bit mm-hmm. with Hitler is like I'm not, we're not going to say, but that is I fucking love that. <laughs> Pretty satisfying, isn't it? And that's you know we're talking about how Tarantino breaks down. He just breaks all the fucking rules all the time. Yeah. like that <laughs> really breaks. That really just, it just breaks, like he breaks the rules like, of history. Fuck you, cinema, fuck yeah, you, history. Fuck you, history. <laughs> and that's, do- <coughs> excuse me, and he's doing it in a really good way in this film. Mm. Like, this is what Tarantino does. He does it, he just breaks all the rules, and in this film, he does it in a really good way. Mm-hmm. In Glorious, you really get it off, you really believe it, and you really love it, and you're like on board with the whole thing. There's um, a line at the end of the film where he's carving a swat sticker into a Nazi's head, oh. and he says, <laughs> This might be some of my finest work. No, this must just be my masterpiece. Yeah, which is basically Quentin Tarantino jacking himself off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he definitely. He thinks that this, this movie might be his masterpiece. It's like I'm... breaking walls and paradigms and shit. Brad Pitt's really fab in the film as well, actually. He's like, buongiorno. <coughs> buongiorno. <laughs> like, he, he, it's, he's self-aware, I think, in that film a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Or do you not like it as much, Josh? What are you talking about? I feel like he plays a very similar character in one of his other movies and it makes me feel a bit cheated by it. Oh, which movie? That Netflix one where he plays an armor general. Oh, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, still, it's like, come on, Brad, you're better than that. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe. That's kind of a bit disappointing knowing that now. Brad Fitt. (laughs) That's what I like to call him. Do you know what Brad Pitt's real first name is? (coughs) William. Uh, William Pitt. Mm. Willie Pitt. Yes, he will. <laughs> Willie Pitt. Willie Pitt. That's what Alice calls her yeah. ass. <laughs> Guys, that is vile. Oh, I can't wait oh. for Mummy Farrell to listen oh, to this. Oh, wow. Episode. My mum my mom is, my mom we'll is cut, not listening to this. We'll cut that bit out. No, no. <laughs> I'm not, not doing the editing. You fuck you Not after um, this uh, last woman's blowjobs. Oh, God. So, Django and Chip. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry, not Django. What sorry, you, I was going to say, I, was, I said the wrong movie. Sorry, Calm down. Sorry. Calm down. <laughs> um, <laughs> Glorious <laughs> Bastards. What would you give it out of 10? Eight. No. <coughs> it's it's, it's five on the list out of eight. You're going to give it eight? <laughs> Seven. Seven. What was wrong with it? What was wrong with it? I mean, if you know, I like a film with a little bit more depth to it. Didn't have as much, you know, philosophical depth as I'd want. Like the Willy Pit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I Josh! Not say that. Stop. I'm gonna stop now. Oh, um, I see what you mean. Yeah. But I mean, it's 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 a fun <laughs> like all tangent films. They're fun watches, but they they don't get me feeling or thinking that much. They just get me. I just enjoy it. Mm. And then I it, was, it ends. There was a lot of absolutely fucking sensational characters in there, yeah. but then there was a lot of forgettable ones for me that I wasn't as fussed about. So. Yeah, and who played Blooming Churchill? He was only in it for a minute. Who was Churchill? Someone, uh, someone famous was Churchill. No. Yes, yes, no. this is a real thing. Keep talking. You might, thinking, you might be thinking that no, Mike not. Myers. No. Yes. He's not Churchill. No, but if someone plays some bloody Churchill. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think, yeah, Churchill didn't play himself, that's for sure. No. <laughs> 
Did he not? Did we? Could he not get him? No, he was. He was. He had scheduling conflicts. He was three. In the crown, so. <laughs> He's a donkey, right? <laughs> donkey. I, I can't find what you're talking about. Never mind. Oh well. Um, yeah, but like I said, it's just I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't a massive fan of. Brad Pitt's character in it. It was really gory. Great with a lot of people killing Nazis, but the bits that really struck it for me were the long dialogue scenes mm. that were really tense. Mm. And the rest of the film was a bit more forgettable for me. Mm. What'd you give it? Uh, I would still give it like a very strong seven and a half out of ten. Oh, it's still higher than me. <coughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd say the same. Seven. Seven, we're all on seven. Seven is for that film. Well, we're though. getting like we're getting to the good end of Tarantino's mm. movies now. Yeah, like the the bottom half, meh, and then the top half, ooh, ooh, yeah. Meet People can't see what I'm doing with my hands. And the very bottom ooh. is meaty, 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 meaty. I don't know what we're doing anymore. Um, <laughs> so number four, Django Unchained. So you say it right, Django. Django. I think the O is silent. The D is Django. not silent. The D. <laughs> yeah, this is. This is a cool movie. Yeah, it's uh, Jamie Foxx oh, being just, a oh, he's badass <laughs> ex-slave going around. This is a cool film. Killing. Oh, this is a fucking sensational film because it's not just Jamie Foxx and Christopher Waltz being badasses. It's also um, really great performances by Samuel L. Jackson as uh, a black man who hates black people, and also um, Leonardo DiCaprio. That's the one. Why can I think of his fucking name? Yeah, I, forgetful guy <coughs> what is um, also again in this film is beautiful shots of like American scenery mm. which you know cinematography wise that's that's super cool as well yeah you know and that, that that stood out in this film a lot for me the shots you know where he's like training and they're going through the snow and all of that like they, they were really fab mm. fab shots but he um, and just yeah it's, it's a fucking cool film again isn't it yeah, like the shootouts and stuff that happen. So, yeah. like so cool. long, but and this is a long film, isn't it? How long is it? <coughs> Two hours and forty-five minutes. It's long, but do you know what? I remember when Very I watched well researched. it. <laughs> I remember when I watched it for the first time, and I didn't feel like it was that long. I didn't feel like God, this is going on forever. I really enjoyed watching this film. Yeah, it's another ver- it's another example of where you, you really get invested in the characters and don't want them to mm. be lost. Similar to Glorious Bastards, when like a character would meet its demise, and you're like, no, I'm not going to see them again. Like. Mm. If you, 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 and it's it's good to do that in a movie because if you do that in a TV series, you've got you know years of, of mm. dedication to it, and you've got a couple of episodes where you've watched this story, this character go through their story, and, <laughs> and then they go, and then you're like, no, I'm gonna miss them. Mm. Can't believe so and so died or whatever. And I have to say the bit where he walks, where he comes to his wife, and he opens the door in the shed, and he's like, baby, I don't know what he says, something, baby. And I remember I had like actual little shivers when that happened. I was like, oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> and like, you know, that's quite rare for a film to be able to do that. I'm, Show me your willy pit. What, what did he say? Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> you guys have got to stop running with Can those. name this episode willy pit? <laughs> willy pit. Um, I mean, I can't remember what, but yeah. Quentin Tarantino's willy pit. <laughs> Really, I'm vlogging this now. And what's his and Waltz again? Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. He is fab as yeah. the as this dentist character, <coughs> and quite again quite an obscure character, but a well rounded one though. I but thought. exactly, yeah, really good character. Yeah, and not you know, like quite not a similar people. character though. You know, like the happy European guy yeah. who's also kind of deadly. Deadly happy. Yeah, but I mean, he's not the bad guy. He plays no. that. He, he has heart. Doesn't he's, he? he's quite happy-go-lucky. He's like his general demeanor. Like he's he's yeah. very um, yeah chirpy. So positive. Yes. yes positive and proactive. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. There's a great scene in this. Going back to the whole challenging of of <coughs> and facing challenging subject matter, where the Ku Klux Klan arrive, like flames oh blazing, God, and they've got masks over their head. 
and they get really frustrated because they can't see out of the mask and then it just turns this thing that's actually terrifying and really really horrible yeah. and just they're very very sensitive subject matter and turns it into fast brilliantly yeah. mm. um, and I think it's what's his name not Seth Rogen Jonah Hill I think it's a yes guy. he is he is yeah. I've got to rewatch this film yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, I've forgotten and he just has yeah. a go that he can't see out of his eye holes or something like that so <laughs> I, who the fuck made these <laughs> I really like the bit where um well, because actually Leonardo DiCaprio's character is quite terrifying. He is quite a terrifying yeah, character. Um, even though he plays quite a ridiculous, like, he likes to be called Monsieur or something, doesn't he? He likes, this, he likes quite a francophile and stuff. Um, but he, his, um, the bit at the dinner table with the skull and that, the bit before, you know, the tense scene before he knows what's oh going God. on between them and then when he does find out what's going on between them, and you realise that he knows what's going on is that is very tense mm. that whole bit I, again I remember being like oh my god he's so good yeah. at doing that with, with yeah tension, tension and dialogue so yeah. many layers to his story right um, yeah. Leo um, you know he breaks the glass apparently that wasn't that wasn't part of it he actually did break the glass and yeah. cut his hand seriously oh my god um, he's just so riled up do you know as well what's really interesting is that even though he plays a slave dealing Francophilic <laughs> twat, I still fancy him. Really? <laughs> That's odd. I'm like, man. I mean, that forehead as well. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love him. But yeah. again, it's because I'm not really seeing the character. I'm seeing Leo playing a character and I'm like, God, you're so talented. Um, it's funny that yeah. like, he's obviously one of the top build actors that you could ever get. Yeah. And he's not in the film that much. No. And I feel like that's, on, that's the sort of thing that Quentin Tarantino does. He, he has all these fantastic, really top build actors, and they don't get a ton of screen time really because it's shared out properly. Because again, he breaks boundaries and he's bold. You know, yeah. that's what he does. It's and not like, let's try and make this movie about Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Let's just put Leonardo DiCaprio in my mm-hmm. movie. And then yeah. it's, it's still his shots. It's like. It's a shame that it is taken away. <coughs> you are watching Leonardo DiCaprio playing a Quentin Tarantino character. I know that's that is that's a very good point. And when actually. he was first cast, you think, oh my god, how how that's uh, crazy. How popular is Quentin Tarantino now that Leo is yeah. in one of his films and things like that? And, and the that's that speaks volumes to Death Proof as well because like no one knows who the fuck anyone except for Kurt Russell's in Death Proof, but all the other characters did not do well out of Death Proof because no. it's such a shit film. <laughs> <laughs> so they must be they must be kicking themselves because they were probably thinking this is my big break, this is my Tarantino movie. Oh my god, they're in a Tarantino movie. Yeah, and actually they were like, no, do you know it? Do you know anyone in that film? Can you well, it wouldn't be a B movie like, if we knew it. One. Would well, it? it's not a fucking B movie though, is it? It is. It's just, no, it's not. You just didn't get it now. Oh, <laughs> for goodness sake. It's fab. Um, what would you give the Django Unchained? I know eight. it's called Django Unchained. I think I would give Django Unchained an eight and a half. Eight. I would give it an eight. Yeah. So therefore, we are on 8.125. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, cool. Happy days. Next yeah. off, we have Jackie Brown. Oh, oh, I feel like this is one of his. This That's is a, a known one. Yeah, I wouldn't put this above Django Unchained. No, this is the best film he has ever done. So the only reason we put it at this point was because Alice really, really, really <laughs> wanted it to be third. Yeah. I really did. I and really love this film. I liked it, but personally I would say it's not quite as good as the other ones, but we put it there. I can't it's even not, remember this. It's, I think it's his first, or, <laughs> no, no, or one of his first. No, because like he said it's third after. Film, what was, so it's pulp, it was after Pulp Fiction. It was Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and then this. I thought it was his first for some reason. Anyway, but it's... It, it, it's not like the rest of the style of his films mm. it's not got the gore in it it's got a bit of gore but not loads of gore it is but it is a fucking great movie great fucking dialogue great female character like male uh, um, 
uh, whatever. And it just, I can't think of the term. female or male? So you're really making your point. This Sorry. should be third. <laughs> yeah. But it is, it is just an, an, an excellent storyline. And she's very clever. And, and the whole time she just, she keeps being clever. And, 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 that's, and that's Tarantino, you know, because he is clever. Mm. And he's clever when he writes his stories. And so he, you, you, you don't think how he's going to outsmart people or how the main character is going to outsmart people. You never come up with the way that he's going to do it. Mm. And in the end, and then she does, and it's just, it's just. What it's, is. Do you, sorry to interrupt. Mm. Do you know the synopsis of this film? I can't even remember. It's it, kind of it. like Ocean's Eleven if it was one person. Right, okay. That's the best way I'd explain Ocean's it. Ocean's One. Ocean's One. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's what like happens? she has to. Um, she, it's like a heist it. almost, isn't it? Well, like, yeah. she has to con not only the. Um, because you do follow the fact that she is doing this the whole way through the film, which is conning both sides. It's this um, this kind of this air hostess who's like had a bit of a shit career, but is absolutely sassy as fuck and gorgeous. Like she is gorgeous, um, middle aged, but hasn't really got sort of anything <coughs> going for her, and gets caught um, taking money across the country that she shouldn't have been yeah. for a gangster, Fort Waddell, who she has this close relationship with, and the police catch her. And so what she decides to do is. And make a deal with the police to catch Odell, make a deal with Odell to get his, all of his money out of Mexico. Mm. And they both, either side, think that they're playing one another off each other. And actually, she's playing everyone. She's a player. She, mm. But she is, I mean, and she is so cool in this film. She's you just a, wanted to pull it off. You, so do, you totally root for her the whole yeah. fucking time because she's like, because she is so strong and so cool. <coughs> and And again, like, not someone that you would normally put as the as the main character as the as the hero of a movie yeah. you know like that's really fab and bold how many like strong black female movies were made at that time exactly exactly and, and um an older woman as well you know mm. like and not one that's you know absolutely stick thin doing she's got a fantastic body but it's just you know it was a really fucking cool move for him and it made her a very strong character mm. um you know, I like the bit where she comes out of jail and she has a job. Anyway, it's just really great. <laughs> I think you have been blinded. Why? By strong, powerful no, <laughs> no, it's female a characters. No, it's a really well done film. Do you know what as well? Because Samuel L is great in it because he, I mean, he is he in like every Tarantino movie? It feels like he is. Yeah, I think yeah. he's, in, he's in six out of the eight. I yeah, but he, 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 plays, he plays the gangster and there's a scene with him and I've forgotten who it was. Oh, Beaumont, who's Chris, Chris Tucker. And Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, young, a very young Chris Tucker. Very skinny. It? He's very not hench like he is now. No, it's weird when you see him. Yeah. Um, but he plays this bit where he goes to pick up Chris Tucker, and um, he's having this chat with Chris Tucker. And, and up until that point, Odell, the gangster, <coughs> you think that he's kind of um, a bit dumb, maybe like he's not that smart, or and he's like just a bit, maybe a bit rash, or is rash the word brash? Rash and brash. Uh, rash, rash. There's two different things. Rash is when you sort of um, too quick to do something. That's it. Yeah, yeah. a bit rash, right? But just <laughs> Alice having <laughs> a moment there. And um, but he, so he um, picks up, up until that point. You think you don't think of him as very like smart anyway. And then he talks to Chris Tucker, still kind of sounding a bit like an idiot. And the moment he shuts Chris Tucker in the boot, and I won't explain what happens next. He just changes and his character changes and he gets very coolly into the car, <coughs> plays some music, gets up, walks out, and actually you realize, and he outsmarts Chris Tucker in that scene. And then you're like, this guy's cold and dangerous and cruel, because he's coming across quite soft and like, I'm your mate and whatever. Yeah. And actually, you know, that's, that's a clever thing that the film did, you know? It was, yeah. it was this clever, very, but a lot of depth to this character. It makes him scarier as a mm. character as well. The only thing I remember from this film is 
a sex scene with yeah. Robert De Niro and Bridget Fonda. Yeah. That's I don't it. remember that. Why don't I remember well, that? Because it's, it's like a two second sex scene. It's oh, very right. brief. So a normal sex scene. Yeah. yeah. How <laughs> sex is supposed to be. It's realistic. <laughs> it's a realistic <laughs> sex yeah. scene. Okay. Uh, one, two. Oh, dear. Yeah, it does you. Had to talk to you both a little bit more after the podcast. <laughs> yeah. There were some really big names in this film. Yeah, actually. You've yeah. got Samuel L. Jackson, like you said, Robert De Niro is in this. Bridget Pam, Fonda. Pam Greer is a massive name. Um, um, Michael Keaton. So I was trying to look at Pam Greer, who plays Jackie Brown, and see what her filmography is like. And there's some like very stereotypical movies. She's in a film called Faxy Brown. I feel <laughs> yeah, like she's yeah. the basis of Foxy Cleopatra in. Um, yeah. Um, Foxy Cleopatra. In in Austin Powers. Um, she's also in Sheba Baby but and the, f- the Big Dollhouse, uh, Black Mama, White Mama, Bucktown, Blackula. She's in a film called Blackula. <laughs> but isn't it great that he chose her and he let her be this like tired, kind of smart yeah. older woman? He didn't make her. She is sassy, but she's not like the the, the kind of exaggerated <coughs> sassy character. She's a character with real depth. She's had real she's problems, you know. Realistic. Very, I, very I, fucking realistic. I still think that you're you're basing this film of her great character well in a way well, isn't that a good good way to rate the film because if he's yeah. taking strides and putting a strong female middle aged character into that kind of role and breaking the normal uh, you know yeah, yeah. that and I think Hollywood's it, in for that, that's great and it was it was a really well made film I love the way the plot interwove and you're rooting for it and she's playing both sides and you're never quite sure if she's going to pull it off until right at the end oh and the bit at the end where she runs frantic, frantically out of the um, the frantically out <laughs> of become incredibly animated no because like, I really love this film but when she, went, when she runs <coughs> out of the changing room mm. like and frantic and panicked and you're suddenly like but you're so confused as to why she's doing that and you're like what the fuck what the fuck is <coughs> happening and it's like I really love and she does that frantic she is really playing everyone in that bit because mm. she is suddenly you think she's very like honest and you know um, she doesn't seem like an actress the whole time but at the end there she really fucking pulls the wall over she's playing the fucking does. audience at the same she, time exactly three sides exactly it so is fucking crazy I think it, it's a great film I think storytelling wise is better than the other films we've talked about because in, it for once mm-hmm. is actually kind of focusing on one story mm-hmm. rather than three different stories like you've got in Inglorious Bastards yeah. and Hateful Eight and that kind of stuff and um, yeah. Yeah. So in a way, it's more of a traditional style film for him. Yeah. But still, his kind of non-linear storytelling plots where things are told in sequence. Although so. actually, mostly in sequence. It's mostly, only yeah. at the very end. It's like that's why I say it's like with um, Ocean's Eleven, where like the sort of the reveal is shown. Exactly. In sequence more yeah. Than and actually, sort of say, even, oh, this is what happened. This is how they did it. And I think even then, <coughs> it's only what one or two takes of that. I don't think it's lots and lots of different. You know what I mean? I, I think it's only like two perspectives that yeah, you ever see, which sure. is which is fab. I and you know I like it. I like it because it shows how talented Tarantino is without it being too Tarantino, right? It's not just him being like, "This is my style and this is what I do." So people come to my movies. It's like he is actually talented and this is actually a fucking great film. You know, mm. I'm without the bells and whistles. Yeah, yeah, I think, I, think you should. I need to. I need to watch this and I need to watch Django again. And you're right about saying that isn't that a testament to a good film as to how much I love that character mm. so much that if I could name my cat again I would name it Jackie Brown. <laughs> just get another cat. No, I don't. cat dies, just I get another cat. Go on, Jackie Brown. <laughs> I don't mess with the balance in my house. <coughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I really love the character so much. I think Alice is definitely your um, prerogative to give us a rating for this film out of ten. Nine. Wow! Yeah, I really like it. Get out! I know, wow. and I'm really harsh as well. <laughs> but it, but also, I have to say, I watched this film quite young, 
sort of when I was a young teenager with my with my dad. So and there's a nostalgia factor. There's there. a big nostalgia, and he loves this film, and mm. so I always associate with like this is one of the first <coughs> ones that I saw that I was like, oh man, this is cool. What a cool movie, you mm. know. So I have a lot of nostalgia around okay. it, which makes it a bit biased. That's I mean, fair. we love Star Wars, so exactly. Can't say shit, exactly. Can we? <laughs> yeah. That's the greatest film I've ever seen. <laughs> For God's sake. Just one film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I would probably give Jackie Brown an 8 out of 10 mm, still yeah. pretty high I can't remember <coughs> I remember uh, just make it up then 2 yeah <laughs> no I honestly can't remember I, can't, I don't want to give it the rating <coughs> fair enough okay, well, yeah, no, that's that fair gives enough. it an 8.5 out of 10 as a, an average mm-hmm. yeah um, so moving on to one that Alice hasn't seen Reservoir Dogs at number 2 oh. tell me all about it gents <laughs> Reservoir Dogs is Tarantino's first movie um, it's basically all set in one place it's about a, a jewellery heist that's gone wrong and uh, it's about five strangers who do this jewellery heist and they've all got names code names so that they don't know who each other are so you've got Mr. White Mr. Brown Mr. Orange Mr. Blue Mr. Pink oh, no, well done yes. Bang. it's a good job I didn't watch it two hours ago <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's an absolute all star cast and it had such a small budget this film and when it came out, it just fucking had rave reviews by everybody. Mm. Because <clears throat> this is his first film, right? This is his first ever film, and they did it on barely nothing. And most of the the, the money went into just paying the actors, basically. Mm. In fact, um, it didn't have much of a budget at all. But then Harvey Keitel came in, who plays Mr. White. You might know him as Winston Wolf. It's on Harvey Keitel. Sorry, Harvey Keitel. That's going to ruin the game. <laughs> oh, right is it really there. him? Like yeah, him. Harvey Keitel funded a lot of this film, so he did could he? be in it as well. And he, he, oh, he had up, faith. He so had I don't know faith. why he refunded it, but he helped get funding for it, and he got the funding up to like 1.5 million, which is, again, still fuck all for mm. a movie, really, when you think about it. And it's just about these guys, and the heist goes wrong, and it's actually like one of the top heist films ever, but you don't ever see the heist. No, it's amazing. It's all set in one room. Yeah, it's all set in the warehouse after the heist has gone. Most of it is, yeah. There's a few scenes, and again, a sequence where it's like introducing the characters the first time. Mm. Uh, And I like how he does it because you'll know you'll have a big old scene with Mr. Orange and Mr. Pink, Um, and then uh, sorry, Mr. Orange and Mr. White, and then it will cut to Mr. White's intro scene, Mm. and after that, Mr. Blonde comes in. Oh, that's another one. Six people then, isn't there? I don't know I can't count anymore anyway they're all different coloured names and all this kind of stuff um, and it cuts, so it's, it's really well structured in that sense and there wasn't really films who'd done that before and jumped around and ultra violence like what you've seen in this like the torture scene is just fucking hard to watch and I've is seen it? it a few times yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you were both audiences weren't the fact what they had to do when they were making this film is that you, you send when you're making a movie you send off what's called dailies so you like what you've shot that day so the people who funded the film are like oh it's going well great we'll keep funding this movie and not pull the, the project and so they left like the torture scenes and stuff for the end because then you know they might have just completely pulled the film altogether <laughs> yeah. um, and um, what's his name Michael Madsen yep. plays Mr. Mr. Blonde, Blonde. Um, is apparently really like avert to violence like just fucking hates it really? and there's a it, like to the point where there's a scene where he has to punch someone and he's like really like wasn't comfortable with it and <laughs> then there's a film where he's just uh, a point where he's just about to torture someone and this guy ad-libs a line where he goes I've got kids and he'd recently had kids himself and he just had to stop and like take himself out of it because oh. he was just so oh, like you fucking just step up man yeah. <laughs> but that's great I mean that says a lot about you know from the beginning Tarantino really because thr- a lot most of Tarantino's films and a lot you do really believe the characters you do you do get really invested with the characters mm. in a lot of his movies and their dialogue and you, and you suddenly are just part of their world very very quickly yeah. and I mean maybe that says a lot as to the, how he gets to that um 
he gets that result yeah. from these actors getting so invested themselves as they're doing they're doing it to the point where this guy's going oh no I can't handle it because you think he's an actor I mean he's, he's supposed to be able to detach yeah. himself from this stuff so they must he must there must be some way that they're getting so invested there's, um, there's a line in it where um, he's like be cool are you cool and that kind of stuff and apparently that was taken from an actual argument that happened on set where two people started kicking off with each other and Tarantino was like are you cool you've got to be cool now and then they, oh they just God. put it into it so there's loads of little shit like that um, Tarantino's in it again he plays Mr. Brown mm. he's not in it very much but he's, he's in it um, again just shoving himself right in it and the very opening scene yet again is just an example of how he speaks fantastic. as yeah. well yeah. is he? well I just because I, all yeah. I've watched is the first sort of two minutes oh, I missed the and he first starts, minute <laughs> well he's, he's the first person talking about Madonna it's apparently bullshit that um, you know it's nothing to do with that and Madonna actually gave him an signed copy of the her album oh, and said uh, it's not about dick it's about love oh yeah still it's kind of it's a weird conversation to have but it's, but yeah, it's like you just sat there and you're like listening to a bunch of people about to perform a heist mm. um yeah and talking no. about that having breakfast and about not tipping and i completely agree about the tipping yeah. things like, <laughs> yes man fucking preach but <laughs> he always does that doesn't he he always gives these characters like the conversations you probably would fucking have you know like Absolutely. you wouldn't constantly probably conversations he has had like you know we you know i don't know you, I know yeah. you haven't seen alien but um something that's so great about because this is this is that's a point something that's so great about alien <laughs> is that the characters they're like these truckers in space and they talk about like <laughs> how much how little money that they've got and how everything's a bit shit and like you know that they, they have this very kind of or they just have little debates about things. They don't constantly talk about the aliens and the world outside <laughs> and space. They talk about the shit that you would just talk about, right? Reversing the positronic flux capacity. Exa- well, exactly. They just—it's the same kind, of, <laughs> and that's kind of what Tarantino does again. They're not going to constantly sit there talking about the highs. They're, and he and he and in most films they wouldn't show that bit, would they? But in mm. his films, he emphasizes those bits. He yeah. emphasizes the parts the in between speak that actually that would be really fucking interesting. Yeah. You know, what the fuck are you going to talk about? Well, what really drives the story is that they, they slowly figure out that the heist has gone wrong because the, one of them's a rat, like one of them's an undercover cop or something like that. And then so you spend this the entire great. film <laughs> trying to figure out which one it is. And I'd forgotten who it was. So when I watched the film again, I was like, oh yeah, fucking... Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's so really, great. I'm gonna watch it tonight. And the ending, the end is perfect, really, isn't it? You couldn't, you couldn't end it better. Yeah, yeah. I won't go too much into it, but no, it, don't it's, it fan, yeah, it's fantastic. And a lot draws, draws lots of similarities with them. Um, uh, hopefully in that it's a kind of who done it who are we looking yeah, out yeah. for who are we trying to catch <laughs> it was and you're just a along with the ride and, and you yeah I suppose they've taken away the dramatic irony where the audience knows mm. what's going what's going on or who it is mm. um, but again this film is so it's the epitome of the early 90s movies <coughs> done on a budget yeah like the movie poster is fantastic this film has been well the scenes in this film have been emulated so so much in, in recent history with the slow motion walking yeah but I was suits. watching it today and I was like the way they do slow motion is literally they film the normal 30 frames per second or whatever it is and then they just slow slow it down mm. I thought they um, filmed it in fast in, in like, well to me it feels like they filmed it in normal because the slow-mo is really really jittery and if you watch it again later on yeah. you'll see you're like this is a terrible terrible <laughs> slow motion oh, because yeah. obviously well they just didn't have yeah. the funds to have a better camera to be able to do real slow-mo but it still kind of works this this film made wearing a suit cool and the, the other thing that made it so fucking cool is just the soundtrack which yeah. is fucking yeah which we haven't spoken enough Erect. about how great Tarantino's that's the music in his movies is just 
always on point. You so know? In, in this film, the, the torture scene, the, he's playing um, Stuck in the Middle with You, which is the song we start the podcast yeah. with while he's torturing this which guy. And most of, the, most of the budget for the soundtrack went on that one song, okay. which is why most of the film doesn't have any music in it. Uh, but apparently they were able to put some other songs in it because they licensed the, the movie's soundtrack to be sold so they could make wow. some money back off that. Mm. It worked because the other song as well is like Little Green Bag right at the start, mm. which I think really, really is the perfect fit for this film because Little Green Bag starts off super fucking cool. Like you just walk, you can walk down the street, listen to that and think, I am Daddy Big Dick. Then this is me. Yeah. Because this is such a cool song. And then it changes to like a really chirpy Elvis style tune. Yeah. And it's just... It seamlessly changes into something completely different and weird and super cool at the same time. I think that's what this film is. Have you got a favourite song, a favourite Tarantino song from any of his movies? Um, hmm, you put question. the lime and the coconut. Is that that's what <laughs> So the, he, ends, he ends the film with that song. And there's a line in that song. The whole point of it is like that, that song's about someone's got a tummy ache and this is what the doctor's telling them to get mm. over it. But characters get shot in the stomach in this film oh. so I don't know if you ever spotted that no I hadn't uh, yeah, it's, it's a good uh, good link to it um, characters that, oh, I don't want to even ruin it as well the, the DJ in it who I mean he's, he selected such a good person to play the, I don't know who it was who did the voice for the DJ in it but he's got like such a sort of dry the, yeah, bored that, DJ um, voice that sounds really cool as well he's called um, DJ Billy Kay yeah DJ and Billy Kay I think they mentioned him in Pulp Fiction as well actually what's your mm. favourite I don't know because um, he's got so many great because even in um, Death Proof there's some great music in that like yeah. the, the oh yeah great music like this that's what gives it the two yeah, yeah. <laughs> two good songs but I mean there's like, yeah he just chose well <coughs> but like yeah I mean he always he always plays pretty good music I mean mm. the coasters the, the one the lap dances too that's a really good song and the um, the last song and I can't remember what it's called but it's like hey little cat cat I mean, I recognise it, but Do I, don't, you know I, I, mean? I don't in the slightest. <laughs> and that's, but again, that's a very upbeat song and a very violent ending. Incredible. Mm. I mean, literally, someone smashes someone in the face with their foot, so it's very violent. But um, and it kind of plays that. But yeah, he does the music. He does that very well. I mean, even Kill Bill. You can. Everybody knows several of the tunes from yeah. Kill Bill. Yeah. Presley. Yeah. And the whistling one. And of course, Jackie Brown. <laughs> uh, yeah. 110th Greatest Street, film ever. Across 110th Street. And yeah. he, he plays that at the very beginning and at the very end when she's smiling in the car. Which is which again, he does she they they do the same sort of thing in Death Proof, but it just doesn't work as well. A mm. woman smiling in the car with like this this freedom on her face that just doesn't work as well in Death Proof. But yeah, sorry. Very, very um liberating thing owning a car. <laughs> What a liberating thing knowing where you've just got away with a heist from the police and from... Sorry, there's a bit of a spoiler there. And, and. from a massive gangster. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, back to Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> um, so Alice's infatuation with I know, I'll stop, I'll stop. Oh, no, no, it's fine. Um, it, it's just, it's such a cool film. You can watch it over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. All the characters, all the actors in it are great. I think Steve Buscemi is in it, and I actually think he kind of looks a little bit handsome. It's the only time I've ever seen Steve Buscemi think... He's a good looking guy, yeah, isn't he? 30 years ago, he was, uh, I mean, yeah. he was not Willie Pitt, but he was alright. Quite an odd looking guy, isn't he? <laughs> Willie Pitt, I'm gonna say. <laughs> this will never die! <laughs> Bring Willie Pitt. There's a little bit of Willie Pitt inside all of us, isn't oh. there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, uh, uh, the, the cast is insane. Like I said, you've got ha- Harvey Keitel. Keitel. Not, not Keitel, as I thought it was. Harvey Keitel, Steve Buscemi, Tim Roth, Michael Madsen. Um, 
Quentin Tarantino's in it. I'm missing someone, aren't I? Uh, no, I think you've got Tim no, Roth, Chris Penn's in it. Chris, Chris Penn. Penn. Oh, is he Sean Penn's brother? Yeah. It looks a lot like him, doesn't it? And then Lawrence, I've never seen him in anything ever. Yeah, my hideous nightmares, I think. Yeah, he just looks like a, a bit of a scrotum, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, it looks like mine, yeah. <laughs> Lovely. So imagine if he scrotum grew to the age of 75. That's what this guy looks like. He's Joe the mob boss. Um, but no, it's just such a great story. The whole thing, it's, it's one of those examples of films where it's all done really in one room but mm. it's still interesting mm. as fuck. The speed of this film as well, it's... it's 99 minutes, this film. That's all the playtime is. It's yeah. crazy. It's a quick one. That's fab. Well, to be honest, it is fab because maybe if you cut Hateful Eight down, it would make it as good. So this is literally the fat. same thing, but just in a different setting. Yeah. It, like you said, you know, and actually, you're right, there's just quite a lot of boring <coughs> stuff that happens in Hateful Eight. If you cut it down, everyone would probably be going, what a fucking great movie. And Pulp Fiction's not that long either, is it? Uh, uh, it's just over two hours, isn't it? Yeah. Something oh, like is it? Oh, okay. Standard. 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 <laughs> um, so, Reservoir Dogs, out of ten, Michael? Mm, I would give it nine... Nine. Nine. I give it a nine. I can't, nine. I can't vote, but I yeah. trust your decisions. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that when you do, eventually you and watch I'll, it. I'll watch it tonight and I'll comment on the on the Facebook page, whatever. On the Absolutely, and I'll let you know my, my what my score is. Happy days. Fantastic. Right. Well, last but not least, numero uno. What could yeah. it possibly be? I don't ba, know. Ba, 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 true romance, ba, ba, right? No. Oh, that's a great film. Oh God, true romance is a Tarantino. It's not. He, he wrote it. He wrote it. It's quite Tarantino-y though, isn't it? That film. Oh, yeah. I've not seen it all, which is a surprise considering I he only wrote it. I saw very recently. Mm. And actually, you know, it's good. It's alright. But it's not true romance. It's Pulp Fiction. This is number one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pulp Fiction number one. Uh, um, a, a, a movie, movie that. Uh, when you ask somebody what their favourite film is, um, I know about three people that would say most Pulp Fiction. People say, yeah, but I feel like there's people trying to be cool as well, isn't it? Do you yeah. think? I the think cooler people like, would say. I'm so cool because my favourite movie is Pulp Fiction. Yeah, because I've been told it's good. Mm. <laughs> and there's not many people who would say Pulp Fiction's a shit film. No, it's no. great. Except film. for this one article I read in the New Statesman before that said, "Let's all come to facts that Pulp Fiction is actually a shit film." What? Oh, can't <coughs> believe it. Again, for me, not a film with a lot of depth, but. But I love it. You know, it's a great movie. It's really and, and, and it's very entertaining. You know, entertains. You know, it's an entertaining yeah. film. You're like <coughs> interested the whole time. And what happens to each character is so random and brilliant and bizarre. And you love the characters. Mm. Uma Thurman, this I absolutely love. She's so sexy. She's she? so sexy. She's a lovely big every, Everybody who was actually making the movie had a bit of a crush on her at mm. the time as well. But she was like, this is she. This was not a character she'd sort of played before. Mm. She's not that kind of person. So to be someone who like does drugs and has to come back to life and all this kind of stuff is just and that's not much of a spoiler but um, yeah. it's and this film is so iconic if you didn't know that by now yeah exactly <laughs> where have it's, you it's been so much all the time mm-hmm. but it's what I like about this film and what he aimed out to do and the whole reason it's called Pulp Fiction is because you take sort of three cult stories one's a, a boxer who tries to pull over, pull one over a gangster mm-hmm. got another one of the uh, the, Butch. the guy who's trying Butch. to who has to take out the mafia boss's wife for an evening and not succumb to her wily ways and then the last one is um what is the last one it's like hit gun wrong or something i don't know the last one is um this vincent vega and samuel jackson yeah it's like their story about um 
got getting the case the gold thing in the case this yeah. is another great example of Tarantino bringing together all these different types Maddling. of people but yeah like you know. cause at the end they all come together and it's yeah. told out the sequence as yeah. well so some characters die but then they you see them again throughout the and film and so you because... don't feel sad yeah you, <laughs> you don't you don't this is where if, you, if they, they come didn't back hate to in that way Maybe. No, but not hateful. Like, if they did Inglorious Basses in that way, it would have been a way better film because you get to see some of your favourite characters. Really? Again. Because, because <laughs> you do. I mean, the, the main one that I can think of that comes back that you're, you're like. You don't. When he when he leaves his last scene, mm. which he's alive, you are a bit. You are just sort of <coughs> like. You don't think he's going to go off into death. You're like, oh, that's the end. You know, like it's, it brings them back to life almost. Mm. You don't feel sad about them. Yeah. It's almost like we could say it. It wouldn't be too much of a spoiler, really, would it? Because. Come on. I don't know. Okay, can we, we spoil Pulp we, Fiction? I'm sorry, world. It's been a while, hasn't it? The, the thing about it as well is that he plays a, a someone who shoots up on heroin all the time. Yes. And um, so he goes to the toilet hair. quite a lot in the film because yeah. one of the, the side effects of doing heroin is constipation. Mm-hmm. And every time he goes to the toilet, he comes out and something bad's happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he comes out and someone's overdosed. He comes out and there's a restaurant being held up, and he comes out and he gets shot. Gets shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's an example as well in this film where guns are used for the purpose that they're not used for. So, for example, um, cutting up steak. Um, a gun is used to kill someone by the person it was intended to kill. Oh, because because Butch. Yeah. 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 With, um, um, oh yeah. When yeah. he comes out of the loop. Samuel L. Jackson's gun prevents a crime. In the end. Okay. Yeah. When he, get, when he picks it out of the bag yeah uh, there's a couple more I can't think of any but still if you watch the yeah. film look at oh, that for that I will do yeah. lots of little things like that but again still all these different stories all these different characters all told out of sequence still at the end all comes together yeah. in a brilliant yeah. way this meshed. is his sorry to interrupt you no, this is his best sort of mashup this yeah. film the other mashup sometimes I felt like I said I get a bit like oh, <coughs> on to stop mashing things up for the sake of it this is actually a fucking cool mashup movie. it's a pulp of fiction it is a pulp of fiction it's a juicy juicy pulp yeah. of fiction yeah and, and again really... juicier than the deepest of willy pits it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. one more time I'm really pleased that I've been part of this episode <laughs> one that I'm really yeah really happy to be on um, so to prove that uh, these films all of Quentin Tarantino's films are all part of the same universe mm. um, even further <coughs> than Michael Fassbender's character being related to Tim Roth's character in Hateful Eight mm. um, Vincent Vega played mm. by John Travolta mm. in this mm. is the brother of Vic Vega who in is Mr. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Wait, Bond I've got to see Mr. Bond dogs definitely Mr. Um, Vega Mr. Vega yeah I love that bit that is so that is that dance scene between them two those two them two those two is is very again very (coughs) iconic and I think I read somewhere about how sorry it's very iconic yeah and it is and apparently it it wasn't that um, now again I'm not 100% sure on this but it wasn't that um, choreographed it was quite they were quite loose with it because they did didn't they do one in Get Shorty or something they do a there, they haven't done they've done a dance scene or something else oh I can't remember but um, well what's his face John Travolta just finished Saturday Night Fever yeah. or finished mm. it a few years quite a few years earlier because mm. he had a lot on his career and then this film brought his career yeah. back yes. he just done look he's talking so was that he, get, he sort of gained quite a lot of, he didn't gain weight but he gained sort he was of about mass. 40 years old when he did this film yeah and, and he looks yeah. a lot more he looks different here compared to like I said like Night Fever or whatever he looks very very different as he's got older but not bad but just different and um, people came from like all around to come and see this new this, this dance scene with John Travolta yeah. who's been famous for all his sexy dancing 
and then he got upstairs and did a weird little twist. Twist. Well, the thing is, so he didn't just do the twist. They did a few different ones, like the bus man or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> and apparently, like Quentin Tarantino was just filming him, and just every now and then would shout like, a different dance move, and they do something different. Oh, cool. And in the end, so they they go up and do this in the middle of a cafe, restaurant, whatever you want to call it. And um, they do it for a, a twisting competition, and in the end, you see them walking out with the trophy, and you think, "Oh, they've won it!" But if you actually listen to the radio, it's on the radio, and it turns out they stole the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know. I that. have not. Yeah, really tiny that. little bits like that. Um, I had to. I'm so gutted. I've watched this film a million times, and I can't believe I've missed that bit. Yeah. This is another one of those movies that I have a lot of nostalgia about, and again, that I remember watching when I was quite young and going, "This is cool. Yeah, this is like great. a very cool the movie poster. Film. The cover of the film is like, like just, so iconic. Yeah, everybody wanted to play uh, Vince Vince Vega. Vincent Vega. Vincent Vega. Yeah, mm. Bruce Willis wanted to be in. Um, a few other people applied. Everybody wanted to be in, and so. John Travolta ended up getting it. Which uh, perfect. And then they... Uh, in fact, uh, Harvey Weinstein agreed to everything about this film apart from John Travolta. And he really had to fight for him to, to be John Travolta. And at the end of the day, it was like, come down to the last couple of minutes. He's like, if you don't accept these terms, there's plenty of other people who want to make this movie. You've got 15 seconds and he started counting down. No not, not, not Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino's agent started counting down and like eight seconds and he's like, fuck it, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Drama, drama. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so they ended up being other iconic characters. And there was, um, there was someone else who was supposed to play Marseilles Wallace, mm. um, but didn't want to because he thought his fans wouldn't want um, to see the, the arse rape scene, basically. Mm. He, they wouldn't want to see him in the arse rape scene, whereas... Breaking uh, boundaries again. Thingy, what's he played him? Something Rames? Yeah, Vic Rames. Vic Rames. Vic Rames. Vic Rames. Yeah. Rimes. Ended up playing him and he was like, yeah, because he was so comfortable with his sort of own sexuality that he thought if someone <laughs> did fuck his ass yeah. uh, or rape his ass, like, he, you know, he, he's still a man. He didn't give a shit. Absolutely. Um, <coughs> and that's how it, so he, he was, he was secure scene. enough to do it. That's that, another that example. Do you remember? Great that just never saw that coming at all. No. That story takes such a fucking turn. And, it, and fantastic. You know, like, like like the way that Tarantino always does these nice resolutions, right? He always gets, it's the most random thing that, that solves the problem in Tarantino's movies. Mm. And in that is the most fucking random thing that solves Butcher's problem, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. that lets him, enables him to leave and whatever. And that, and it's it's just, it's, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant, that bit. Do you remember when we watched Snowpiercer and I said, that the, the story the, the film Snowpiercer does a good uh, shows a good example of where characters have to make decisions does it to go left or right or whatever yeah. mm-hmm. in that Bruce Willis is about to leave the shop and you can go <coughs> either right out of the shop or left or back left into the, the shop and, yeah. Yeah. and if you didn't do that and that's a great scene as well where he's picking up the, and his weapon gets slowly so oh, bigger yeah. it goes from a baseball bat to a, to a oh, hammer yeah. Yeah. It's it's really a chainsaw and then what does he settle on in the end? Baseball bat. It's a baseball bat. Yeah, he goes yeah. back. I think he goes. Oh no, no samurai sword. Oh, oh, oh it's a samurai yeah, sword. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Which is again very, very cool and very Tarantino. <coughs> yeah. I mean that scene. That seems really great as well because it goes from these like these char- these characters in this kind of quite ridiculously fighting each other. It makes it makes everything up until that point void, you know. Uh-huh. And that's so again so cool of Tarantino that he can just do that in his movies. He just like wipes the slate clean with mm. people and it's like you know. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. And the story continues. I yeah. think what's funny is um, he, so uh, Bruce Willis in that plays um, Butch, the boxer, um, has that really, really, really annoying girlfriend. Yeah. This, uh, I think she's supposed to be French. She's French, yeah. It's something or other, but she's just like constantly asking questions. Yeah, just like, come on, up, come forgets on. Forgets his father's watch, yeah. that fucking watch scene with Christopher Walken. 
and, and he's so and nice she starts to breaking her. down and he's trying to get away and trying to get away because there's there's mobsters coming to kill him and she's just there stood there crying <laughs> and, and, okay baby I'm sorry baby it's okay baby and you can sit there and you can think god they paint her in such a fucking ridiculous light like she's such a wuss Where, where's all the strong female characters but at the same time you think hang on her point in that film is just to cause him as much fucking ball ache as possible yeah. because she's fucking everything up for yeah, him yeah. and it couldn't be a worse situation yeah. for him to do and he just sat there thinking oh my fucking god just go yeah and I mean you could I mean you could equally have weak characters <coughs> as well as strong characters don't get me wrong yeah. it's quite great that she plays this very weak you know feeble yeah. character it, it aids Still his fucking character loves it, though. yeah 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 um really it was very good he's 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 quite sexy in that film as well yeah he's, you see his bully don't you yeah, you get the side dick. Very briefly. A little bit of side dick. Mm. Just my favourite type of dick. Side dick. <laughs> side dick. See, it is side dick? That's no. mad side dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we need to start wrapping it up. Yeah. It's been a long episode so far, but it is a special. It's what people special. listen to it for. Mm. What would you give Pulp Fiction out of 10? Nah. What did I give Jack Brown a 9? Yeah. Did you give Jackie Brown a 9? Yeah, I'll give Pulp Fiction an 8. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I like Jackie Brown. I give it a 9 purely because I think the third and final act gets a bit weak you know when they go and try and dispose of the body and Quentin Tarantino's in the film are you t- kidding me I, well, then they have to clean the yeah. so so the bit where they're cleaning the brain out of the car is good but when they sat there in the kitchen talking to Tarantino I was just fucking bored at that point and every time I watched it I turn off no that's yeah. a great scene no. with uh, Eric Stoltz that's brilliant yeah. and there's some really hilarious Winston Wolf comes in and then Winston Wolf's fucking our character but uh. um I just I got that's the bit why I switch off in that film and I start forgetting what I happens. I do love the bit though where he like shoots up with the heroin and like I mean not the heroin is cool kids at all but it does make heroin <coughs> look kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> like you have that moment where he's like you John know, Travolta great... was concerned about that because he said every film I've done has kind of set a trend. You know I did Grease and that set like mm. fucking musical trend or whatever and then I did Saturday Night Fever and Boogie Nights whatever the fuck it's called and that's set off disco yeah. um, so he's worried that if he did that everyone would start thinking everyone's really fucking cool no I mean because Uma Thurman overdoses and you have to stab her in the chest with a needle yeah, I feel like they covered ones. a lot of bases on that, that yeah particular. that's apparently based that bit where she reawakens after the overdose and they stab her in the heart with adrenaline two things once to film the stabbing of the heart they actually filmed him pulling it out of the chest oh, and then reversed it, it reversed oh. it Secondly, they, they, they weren't sure like how to bring her around, like what her reaction's gonna be. And they're based on another movie where <clears> there was a tiger in this film and they had to really drug up the tiger to keep it calm and then to sort of resuscitate it afterwards they stabbed it with some adrenaline and it just went like that. <laughs> yeah. and that is basically what Uma Firma based her That's coming yeah. around back because on because how would tiger. you know as well like what, what, what yeah. I, I can remember listening <coughs> to that thud for the very first time I watched that movie that, so and it is and I, I remember it like shook it's me it went, and the few times after I watched it I actually couldn't listen to that that real, and it, you're right it's a, it's a thud without an echo it is just uh, yeah. <laughs> you're like oh god uh, feel it don't you you, can, you really do feel it so Alice has given 9 out of 10 I've given 9 out of 10 Mike gives it straight I think 10 I gave it's it 10. an 8 it's a 10 I gave it an 8 you give it oh sorry an 8 my bad I'll give it a 10 wait you gave Jackie 9 a brown uh, wait Jackie <laughs> 9 a brown Jackie Brown a 9 and you're giving this an 8 I think I prefer Jackie Brown personally okay fair enough sorry Jen I'd, I'd give it a 10 it's a perfect movie yeah, yeah. soundtrack's amazing iconic advertising was great Sexy, cool, witty. It does lack depth. Funny. It's, in, it's depth. It's got the. Where's the depth? Tell the me. The depth. You've got three characters here, and they've all got they've all got different targets to get to in their in their life, and then you're watching them doing it all. No, I don't think it lacks a lot of depth, to be honest with you. Well, you know what? 
Neither do you. No, she. Thank you very. That's very nice. Uh, you know, also we, what we didn't talk about is the fact that the you know the bit of any of you motherfuckers on a movie and execute every last motherfucker. Right, the that's the first. End or the first scene. That's the like, first scene. How the first scene ends. And it also it also ends the film. Right? Uh-huh. That bit. But do you notice that? Yeah, it's slightly different when she's when she says it again. She says it slightly <coughs> differently. So that repeat gets that scene gets repeated yeah. in the movie from a different perspective, yeah. and she, her speech is different. But yeah. what she says, but but that is that's really great because I think he uses that sort of technique quite a lot, where you're obviously you're seeing things from different perspectives, mm. and how really the truth of the matter is, is you would actually view something from a different perspective because mm. we are all we we do view things from you know things do mm. change in our memories and in our minds to one another. <coughs> um, so what someone is seeing, someone else might not be seeing, whatever. And I do quite like that he does that in his films. Sort of brings. Yeah. Home the point that this is like your story and the way that you're looking yeah, at the yeah. story or whatever. Straight to it's very, very, yeah. very <laughs> infrequent that he'll ever just tell one story in mm. his movies. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Right. Um, well, we hope you enjoyed the Tarantino wrap up special. Um, you may disagree with some of the stuff that we say, but as I always say, fuck you, this is our podcast. <laughs> we can say what we want. Order them. Or Order what them. you could say is, you know, you can write in the comments section on your I mean, Facebook that too. Page. If you want to encourage engagement on our <laughs> social media, that would be a great idea. However, yeah. I'm still sticking with fuck you, this is our fucking podcast. Um, Not on, you know, Facebook and Twitter and things like that. Uh, so yeah as Ali says please tell us what you think and join in the discussion and see mm-hmm. how things go um, don't, um, don't rate Jackie Brown quite as highly don't, as yeah so go right, to Jackie Brown right. and see if you agree with Alex <laughs> no, and, uh, please yeah if you do agree with me do write something actually and prove these boys wrong don't just don't just agree with her just because you're Alice's friend as well we know who you are <laughs> we can tell on Facebook who you Right, let's move on to the game. Okay. It's going to be a short one, mm. and it might suck balls. If it does, we will just leave it out. So. <laughs> the podcast long enough. Um, so, the aim of this game. This game's called Quentin Tino. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino reading the Beano. I quite okay. like Quentin Tino. Um, I wrote a story based on actors who have all been in Quentin Tarantino films. And it's, it, it was supposed to be quite poetic, and there'll be poetic moments. You have to guess what the word is, and the first person to guess who, what the word is wins the point. Okay. Do we need shout keep, out? Can we keep you score? just have to shout it out. Can yeah. someone keep score, please? Um, I will keep score. I have the magic pen. I've got paper and pen right there. I know, but I'm, I'm part of the game. At least. I still don't really understand the game. I want to. So, I'm going to give context to it, but I'd be like, one morning Quentin Tarantino was busy reading the. Beano! There you go, you'd get the point. Can I have a point then? No, you can't. No, not. That's the name of the the thing. the name of the game. So, um, it starts off not that rhymy, and at the end it goes very rhymy because I I ran away with it a little bit. (laughs) I'm really excited to hear the poem now. Are you you ready? It's getting very highbrow, guys. Okay. I'm ready, bitch. One morning Quentin Tarantino was busy reading the Beano. No, I think it's on that one. <laughs> when he bumped into John Travolta, he asked Tarantino if he wanted to go out dancing tonight. He said yes, as long as they'd be doing the twist. But he wasn't going to be doing the twist. John Travolta would be dancing. Pissed. It's got a rhyme. Rhyme with what? Twist. John twist. Travolta oh. would be dancing. The. Waltzer. Matilda. Waltzer. You Col- getting there? Waltzer. Uh, Think of a dance that rhymes with John Travolta. Travolta, Travolta, Batolta, Batolta. I lost it. I don't know. He wasn't going to be dancing the twist because John Travolta would be dancing the polka. <laughs> what is the polka? The polka. Oh, the polka, polka dancing. Ah. 
No points for your reviews. Jesus. <laughs> I hope it gets a bit easier. Yeah. Tarantino declined and thanked him in kind. So he was ah, no. um, <laughs> this is beautiful work. Then they both heard a screech as loud as a klaxon. It was Samuel L. Jackson driving a... Tractor. <laughs> no. A Daxon. Yeah, Datsun. Datsun, yeah. <laughs> Datsun was very close. We were the Datsun, yeah. Oh. You're getting the point of it now. I nearly said Dashund. <laughs> driving a Dashund. I was struggling to work out which one you're trying to, which word you're going to rhyme Jackson. with. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, it always, it always rhymes with the actor's name. Oh, okay, that makes but sense. But I try and give some, some context to it beforehand, so okay. you don't just rhyme I'm with the because I, I was like, what word are we rhyming with? I'm with you now. Um, so we're talking about Samuel Jackson now. He said he was off to settle a bet with Bruce over who was best. Said him and Bruce Willis would be playing some... Phyllis. Phyllis. Mm, Willis? Chess. <laughs> Chess. Um, let me change it slightly. Him and Bruce Willis would be playing some... Tennis. Tennis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this rhyme is Tennis. 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 Bruce Willis and Tennis. Bruce Willis. Oh, uh, oh dear, guys. This oh. is a go over well. Um, <laughs> John said he'd play too, but Tarantino was pooped. Yeah, uh, you see, he'd been up early to head over to church, where his friend Uma Thurman, uh, sorry, I can't say it, where his friend Uma Thurman was holding a sermon. sermon. There we go, one point for us. <laughs> yeah, you got that really, because you messed it up. <laughs> Uma Thurman was holding a Thurman. Yeah. Thurman. <laughs> it was a sermon held for a mutual friend, a friend who had met a grisly end. Sounds very um, Dr. Zeus now. Yeah. <laughs> that friend was called Tim, and his death was so tough to accept because Tim Roth died sipping on... Broth? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> now, I know it's hard to die on sipping on broth, but I'll explain this within the rest of the story. Oh, I'm really, I'm really into it now. Okay. Um, I'll finish the sentence where to accept because Tim Roth died sipping on broth whilst on vacation with Kurt Russell in a city called... Brussels. Oh, she's on it now. <laughs> Three in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because I think the poetry's got a bit better. <laughs> mm, yeah, definitely. You're leaning so far forward, you're well into this. <laughs> I'm really, I am. They were dining at night when they had quite a fright as they saw Jamie Foxx walking around in some... Socks? Box. No. Clock. Clogs. No. Muggle. You're so close in so many ways. Socks. No. Socks. Jamie Foxx. Shoes. <laughs> you're on the right tracks. Clogs? Crocs. What? Crocs. Yes! Three yes! <laughs> He saw Jamie Foxx walking around in Crocs. That's what surprised him, and that's how he died, sleeping on the broth. Oh, okay, yeah. Of it of was such a surprise that it caused Tim's demise. Although the service was long, it was attended by many, including the actor known as Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> what sobbed. are you going to rhyme with Buscemi? <laughs> You'll find out. He sobbed and he cried when he'd heard Tim had died, but his luck cheered him up when Steve Buscemi found a... Penny. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Four, three. Oh, that does not rhyme with Buscemi. and Penny? Oh, of course dear. it does. He found that penny, picked it up, and all day long he had an erection. <laughs> <laughs> Another bit that doesn't rhyme, but a bit uh, misdirection doesn't, doesn't hurt anybody. He strutted around like he owned the whole town, presenting his bulge for the crowds to indulge. But whilst he was being admired, he heard a tune and inquired as to what the song was that made him almost misfire. In his pants. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's a very tenuous look there. Lovely. He yeah. saw a man. Um, what have I written there? He saw a man with looking cool. He was. Who, yeah. He saw a man looking cool who was far from a fool. This is where it's going to go wrong because I've got his name wrong. It was, in fact, Harvey 
Keetle, not can't tell, and this is what we've been calling this. It was in fact Harvey Keetle listening to The Beatles. There we go. <laughs> oh, this game's just fucking weird now. Oh, but I'm into oh, it. Oh, drawing four all. I'm okay. into it. How much more is there? Um, there is literally one more after this. <coughs> Tiebreaker. He said he knew someone who could make good use of that snake in his pants that had just <laughs> had to let loose. Hang on, let me do that again. This is rhymes better than this. He said he knew someone who could help make good use of that snake in his pants that he just had to let loose. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's still high, you know, secondary school level. <laughs> yeah. It was, in fact, a lady, a, na- a lady named Lucy, whose friends saw Steve's crotch and thought it looked juicy. <laughs> <laughs> you see that the girls were far from blue because they were with Lucy Lou out on her... Hendu! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> that is the end of the story. I was like... Mike four. wins 5 4 in the story of Quentin Tarantino game? reading the Beano. Did I lose? I lost the last one as well, didn't I? <coughs> did. So. Valiant effort, though. Well, that was fantastic. Okay. It's a fucking you know bullshit what? game, that was it. I'm quite impressed that you wrote all that, Josh. I am king of bullshit. Yeah, that was, that was really good. <coughs> I pulled it off the end. I don't know whether the uh, audience enjoyed it as much. You should, listeners, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. You should write I to, think um, you should probably, Quentin. if you could type that up. I think I could probably make that. children's books after yeah. writing that. Yeah. yeah, that seems suitable, doesn't it? I do not like green eggs and ham. I've got nothing. Nothing. So, um, thanks for playing along if you're at home, and thanks for listening to the Quentin Tarantino special. I've been Josh. I've been Mike. I've been Alice. And we are all thanking you from uh, the bottom of our hearts yeah. for listening again. And please let us know what you'd like to listen to in the future. I'm um, not sure what we're doing next episode, but I know the one after that is going to be a special Star Wars one. <gasps> I thought episode. you were going to say Christmas because that's what normal people would say. So <laughs> the next one could be a Christmas one. Oh, I was I thinking of leaving Christmas ones for Christmas Day, but maybe it yeah. makes more sense to do Christmas one a bit earlier. Yeah. Maybe our yeah. top Christmas films. And we could release it on Christmas. Thank you very much for having me again, boys. That's quite no I'm enjoying myself. Pleasure. Don't forget to tell everybody you've been on the podcast to boost our ratings again, because that's great. No problem. Yeah, right. <laughs> Everyone um, comment, like, share, everything. <coughs> Help make Alice famous. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.